Walking Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Al. And I'm Joe. And we're here today to talk about Season 9, Episode 6, titled Ride. Uh, Joe, what'd you think of this, in my opinion, frankly, strange episode of The Walking Dead? Well, I definitely want to get to that, Al, but first, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, thank our hosts for making us the officially unofficial guest hosts of this episode of the of the watching dead like you know we've been obviously fr- uh, fans of of jim and aaron for a long time and and uh, what an opportunity uh on their revival of the watching dead to to be able to come back and and, and talk about this show i've been man i've been a, i've been a big fan of the walking dead for a long time and i've really admired what uh jim and aaron have done in the podcasting world it's just a, it's a real honor to be here we're thrilled thrilled for the opportunity yeah honestly nobody thought that Watching Dead was coming back, uh, much in the same way that nobody thought Ra Ra Riverdale uh, would lead to anything. You know, we kind of, yeah, I'll be the first to, to say we kind of messed up the end of that podcast. I think we did a great, uh, an outstanding job all the way up until the very end, and we just couldn't get that last episode out. But I'm you super know, that, great that happens. That, that happens the first time podcasters really it's it's really big of Jim and Aaron to overlook that and, and, yeah. and look at our entire body of work in, in selecting us for this this uh, this high honor. Absolutely. So thank you to Jim and Aaron. Uh, so now, uh, Joe. Yeah. What do you think? It's, a, it's you know, it's a strange, strange episode. Um, it, it feels kind of fitting after what, you know, I, I, I listened to, to Jim and Aaron as they wrapped up their 905 podcast and, you know, they pointed out how Daryl's kind of like looked lost and he just kind of ran off into the woods and they're wondering like, you know, what's going to happen with him next. And I mean, we get this strange kind of surreal, I, I'd call it a bottle episode, except for there's all these new characters and, oh, and they and go everywhere. multiple, multiple locations, but it's all just focused on Daryl processing, uh, this intense grief that he has over the death, apparent death of his brother, uh, his, his yeah. spiritual brother, uh, Rick, and it leads him on this vision quest on his motorcycle where he meets his actual dead brother. Um, I, 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 I mean, what what was your interpretation? Because I, I see this as just uh, this intense, almost psych- psychosis driven grief response that uh, Daryl's Daryl's got. What? What did you What did you think of the episode? Yeah, I, I like that interpretation because I was frankly pretty confused because it, it starts out in what I thought was a flashback episode, um, and, and you know you get a few scenes of uh, a pretty normal looking society, uh, and, and so I think there is a bit of flashback in here, but yeah, it could also very much just be in Daryl's head. I mean, I, that's the thing is like I was trying to think is like, oh, maybe there is some flashback here because you got the boys kind of like, you know, in their own uh, at, at their own home talking about being in the backwoods and running around and getting all kinds of trouble. But then, you know, you've got zombies and chainsaw wielding mutants mm-hmm. and post apocalyptic flame throwing uh, trebuchets and, uh, you know, post apocalyptic death race. And like, man, yeah. did, did, I, I, I don't remember any of that kind of stuff happening in, in, uh, you know, current day. So I just like, I was like, you know, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's some flashback. Maybe it's some, uh, you know, uh, a grief driven imagery. Maybe, maybe Daryl has kept around Merle's bag of tricks, you know, that, uh, that blue ice, uh, his pharmacy, <laughs> maybe, right. Maybe he's been saving for a special occasion, and you know the apparent death of Rick Grimes. Uh, you know yeah. he, he turned to some uh, 
some substances for some relief. He's self-medicating, and I, you know, I can't condemn the man for that. But whew, it led to a an episode. Like I, you know, I feel like that the the the, the, the season's largely been kind of back on track, and this episode just slides way off the rails, way off the rails. I mean, yeah, it takes all the momentum that they built in the first five episodes and just pisses it away, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although I will say. It's fantastic to see the the Dixon brothers back together again. Like, oh yeah. If there's one thing that that we wanted as far as fan service from this show, I think everybody can agree it was the Dixon brothers back writing it, together it, again. Yeah, and you know, Rick had his old nostalgic, you know, uh, dream sequence with his old friends and comrades. I think it's fair play mm-hmm. for Daryl to get the same on such a you know after such a historic episode of The Walking Dead. So like, I can't. I can't criticize the decisions or the I, I, I'm going to try to stick to uh, criticizing the execution. Okay. Can, can I criticize one thing? I, so, well, it's not even uh, criticizing. It's, it's just, uh, it, I was confused by it because when they first show up in Alabama, uh, Daryl talks about how he's going to find his brother Merle and, mm. and it definitely looks like Merle has changed. Like Merle is older Merle's hair is much, much longer and stringier and dirtier. He's clearly been through the apocalypse, right? Like, so, yeah. so what are we talking about here? Like, because the Merle that I remember was very like short hair, um, seemed robust and stout and a, yeah. a formidable force. This Merle is very different. I mean, it could be hinting at the you know ghostly afterlife because you know he's kind of looks like a, a like an apparition out of a Dickinson novel. Uh, but but you Sorry. know, <laughs> <laughs> poor Michael Rooker. Okay. Um, and you know, Daryl's talking about like the rituals of the road. You know, like it's you know he's on a motorcycle getting his mind straight, and he, he explicitly I wrote down a quote. I'm I'm. I'm leaving the, my reality behind to re, reunite with my brother. And I just feel like that's the that's what I'm clinging to in this episode as an interpretation that he's this is just a, some kind of crazy drug binge, grief and stricken uh, vision quest that he's on uh, all over the American Southwest, all over his old stomping grounds. Maybe he's hoping that he'll find Rick there, too. Uh, who knows? Yeah, but, he, uh, he kind of. He's he's phasing out of uh, coherency here because he's talking about the guts being eaten out of the horse. Um, mm-hmm. You know when they're eating this dough belly, which I think is pretty fitting um, uh, topic for discussion. When you're eating a dough belly, uh, how, yeah. how does Merle know about that? When you know when does this take place? Uh, it's it's some combination of like what Daryl thinks about his his brother might say in this situation. Yeah, and I'm, I'm you know they're eating. He's eating at this post-apocalyptic diner, and it's staffed by you know some kind of uh, you know wasteland mutant, and they're eating dough belly, which I I think is actually just a a, a, a dough's belly they've chopped off and started roasting mm-hmm. uh, with some tomato and mayonnaise, um, and it's just. You know, it, it's hard to imagine how this place stays in business because you can clearly see that, like, you know, Daryl, if 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 Merle's a figment of his imagination, Daryl's literally the only person there. He's just yeah. sitting there eating his dough belly, um, you know, ha- having having this intense, waving, uh, rolling trip of his. Uh, it's it, it's it's really wild. They also talk about like you know he talks about his Merle's uh, old lives. Mm-hmm. Like as a as a serial killer and a space yeah. pirate, like it, the serial really... killer checks out, but space pirate, I, that's that's just crazy. <laughs> it casts a lot of um, 
light onto Merle's history and maybe why he was so abusive with Daryl. I mean, he's clearly got multiple personality disorder. Uh, he's he's phasing in and out of realities as as we go through this conversation with him. How many personalities does Merle have? I don't know. And you know what? The, the thing is, like, the other thing I, I started thinking about is, like, you know, I'm a big comic fan. I know you're a big comic fan, too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how we got, you know, brought got brought to the Archieverse in the first place. But, you know, there's this uh, classic X-Men comic where, you know, once like a, you know, major event with a lot of X-Men died, a lot of them went off and like assumed code names and kind of mm-hmm. lived in obscurity. Like, you know, Wolverine ran around as Patch. I, I, I'm, I'm noticing that like yeah, Daryl's going around as Norman and Merle's going around as Michael. And mm-hmm. I just wonder if like there's something that there too, like this this traumatic experience and. And, uh, you know, Daryl's afraid to go under his his given name. So he's he's they've all got elaborate code names or something. Maybe this is something that goes back to them being kids. Hell, do we even know that that Daryl is his real name? Uh, now that you mention it, no. I mean, he's maybe that's the outlaw persona. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you used to, you know, so you had Jadis, who's actually Ann. Uh-huh. Like, you know, maybe Daryl is uh, uh, this Norman's uh, Jadis persona. And then, you know, we start to get into a little bit of that backstory um, with the two brothers uh, growing up in, I guess, Westchester, Alabama. We head back there. We get to meet uh, Merle and presumably Daryl's cousin. Um, we, It's a strange scene because I feel like what they're trying to do here with with Merle's cousin is give us some insight into why the time with Dwight might have been so hard on Daryl particularly mm. because if this is a flashback, which I think it it partially is, you, you can see in this flashback that Daryl gets kidnapped uh, by Merle's cousin, which is his own cousin. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's taken into the house against his will. He's re- refused to give him... They refuse to give him any food. There's no yeah, beans. No, there's no cornbread. No f- tormenting him, yeah. Right, and this is not the first time that it's happened, which, you know, that's why it hits Daryl so hard when Dwight captures him. Yeah, you fire up, you know, being on Easy Street, and you're right there. And, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if this was a flashback or if this was like, uh, you know, this... This cousin's clearly crazy with the oh, doll yeah. fetish. Like you know, uh, you know, she's she's strapping dolls to her walls the way you know Woodbury and uh, and the Savior Complex uh, straps zombies up to fences. Like she's clearly mm-hmm. got some some problems that she's 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 processing. Um, and you know, Daryl's caught up in this. But even like, uh, did they also have this conversation where Merle's talking about having grandkids, and Daryl says he has a six month old? Is this some kind of like? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, subconscious fetish that he has with like you know little ass kicker and like oh if I wasn't uh, this complicated asexual hillbilly I might have a family of my own and coming to grips mm-hmm. with the fact that that's never going to happen with Carol. Uh, yeah, I think that stuff with Carol hit him hard a couple episodes ago, like after Ezekiel proposed. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it, it really drove him a little bit insane. Yeah, like he's put on a brave show, but like you know, and even the imagery that leads to him being kidnapped by this insane cousin is just uh, you know the Dixon brothers on the run. They're followed by a bunch of cars. Where are those coming from? I noticed the cars yeah. are all white, which again just gives me back this like this heavenly symbolism. Like you know, they're mm-hmm. uh, they're just being escorted by a, 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 a chaser team of uh, angelic SUVs and whatnot. Uh, it's just really really bizarre choice of of direction and tone. It is, and the the, the vehicular uh, premonitions don't stop there because you get you get a lot of, you know, once Daryl is kidnapped by by his cousin, uh, 
he is then passed around seemingly from biker gang to biker gang. Oh man, uh, yeah. And just abused and and you know, the, the entire time. Uh I think it's, it's the weird. Buffalo Soldiers got him first. Or... Yeah, and it's kind of like uh one of those the like uh uh the Vatos moment where you have an all black biker gang and then you meet an all white biker gang yeah. and it's this very uh, everything's it seems like very divided and you know it's like uh boy it seems like uh i i i thought that the buffalo soldiers honestly one of the better sub factions we met along the way seem like really nice guys i'm not i'm not sure about those bright yellow uniforms and how they would work in an apocalyptic kind of combat situation right sure uh, yeah but uh you know then then they then they get a tour around birmingham and some of it was kind of interesting but i just don't see how it fits in the walking dead like you see the statue of the of thor and uh-huh. this 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 church that got bombed like uh that's 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 interesting but man it's like i uh i i don't understand how it fits into the walking dead context well i'm wondering if there's setting up a betrayal here because there's one guy who conspicuously refuses to ride with him mm. and i'm thinking maybe he's planning something in the background next episode we could be on the lookout he, for he says he's got betrayal. other business yeah he's got other business yeah it might be this this is uh i'm 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 on the edge like Heath mo- moving off at that uh, key card you know like where When's this going? This is Chekhov's businessman. Yep. Uh, when's he going to come back with his briefcase? And then, you know, he's passed off to the Haints, um, which is the white biker gang you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, he has this pretty, uh, I'm going to say, weak two-sentence monologue about not being racist, which mm-hmm. I think is there to serve just as a reminder of how different the two brothers are. You know, Merle, famous racist, uh, nasty guy, and then you've got Daryl, who wants to bring everyone together. Now, I'm not sure if he's saying this under duress, if maybe he's, yeah, you know, threatened, yeah. because he's clearly being passed around from gang to gang. He's probably going to say whatever he can sure, to get out sure. of the situation. So maybe that yeah. was uh, a little more coerced than it needed to be. Yeah. I mean, as I say, it's like, you know, Daryl, he's talking about, like, yeah, I hope for mankind to unite against the zombies despite any differences in race or culture, which, you know, like, Daryl's come a long way since season one, but I just couldn't help to think, but, like, you know, maybe this black and white gang biker gang could get together and kind of help him search for rick um uh-huh. but you know it's like when you're when you're when you're being held hostage by these type of organizations sometimes it's best to keep your your head down and stay low until you can get find your way out of it yeah and again i, I don't know what's flashback here and what is dream sequence versus what's who reality you know who can tell yeah it's tough um and then we go over to what i think is just flashbacks to the raid on terminus like maybe this stuff he's he's been experiencing with carol has really gotten into him because he it feels here like he's assaulting terminus with this trebuchet Mm. um i i definitely saw a train at one point i i don't think it had letters on it but maybe i saw the wrong side oh yeah the a and b car of course well you know with the jada situation last week my understanding of a and b is completely turned on its head i thought it might have been like, you know, a hazy kind of delusional th- th- thinking back to his time, his failed uh, time as the leader of the sanctuary, because, you know, mm. I mean, it's a full on industrial plant. I, I, I could see why they have trouble growing stuff there. They're they're not planting seeds. They're like literally putting molten metal in the ground. Um, well, they, they talk, about, talk how, about, you how, know, how they how Negan wanted to set up the sanctuary here. Yeah. And, and how poisoned the water is and whatnot. And. But but you know just as that started getting interesting and you had this flashback and and they're 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 clearly building something the sun sets and they have to go down to the sewers for refuge, mm-hmm. um, presumably then, you because know, of the mutants. 
Oh yeah, the mutants, the zombies, yeah. the, the you know, the, they they're always uh, they're always worse at night. It seems. Um, but then you know, at some point, it seems like it's safe to return, and they've been working on this uh, post-apocalyptic trebuchet. I tell you what. I would love to see a couple of, I would love to see Daryl bring this knowledge back to Alexandria because that thing looks like mm. it could take out packs of zombies oh, yeah. on the cheap. Like, the only question, as always, is <laughs> kind of a, you know, nod to, to, to Jim and Aaron's narrative, but uh, you think that fucking blacksmith can handle a trebuchet? How, uh, how, many, no. how many working examples of trebuchets will he have to see, see before he can actually build one? Yeah, he can't bring the knowledge back. He's got to bring the whole trebuchet back. Yeah, it's going to be tough on that motorcycle. For sure. I, the most perverse part of this, and I don't know, like, okay, this is either torture at the hands of an evil biker gang, or this is uh, the show trying to say something profound about Daryl's state of mind, but he is firing a trebuchet at an effigy of his own crossbow. And, and then, <laughs> yeah. then Daryl says, I might cry, which I understand why. I understand yeah. it. They're breaking down his core identity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this torture. Is, this if this is not like premonitions of Dwight, I don't know what is. Oh, I'll tell you what, you, you could be right on with that. Uh, so then you know, Daryl either escapes his captivity here, depending on whether he thinks it's a flashback or not. Um, the editing's really loose, like, the, yeah. there's just almost no transition. You know, like I, I, I sometimes I see it get dark and I'm like, OK, well, it seems like they're trying to take shelter and that makes sense. But just like it just you're going from place to place with almost no, you know, and then how, how much how much sense are you expecting this guy to make sense if it's either a flashback or some kind of drug binge he's on? Like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's an artistic choice or just just poor editing. I, I just but feel it was like really it's poor, di- poor directing and writing. You know, it's a hallmark of The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, this isn't the best yeah. written show on TV, and they just don't show the most exciting part, which would be the escape from the Hanes, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you get the you know the, the Buffalo soldiers help him out? I I don't understand. Um, it's really bizarre, and yeah, I couldn't find I couldn't find any information about who directed this, which I thought was bizarre because that stuff yeah. is usually readily available. But you know, I got some sneaking suspicions, uh, which we'll talk about towards the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, so then they go to this haunted chicken house. Um. I mean, this is this year. You're in the meat and potatoes of Walking Dead, and when and I felt right. like, ah, oh, finally, finally, this makes sense. This, this, this makes feels sense. like every shack that they visited in the past, right? Every squeaky hinge, uh, yep, place where where anything could happen with walkers and will happen. And in you know, like in nefarious leaders, you know, we've had uh, we've had the governor, uh, we've had Negan. And now you've got this chicken Dan guy. I mean, he's got to go right up there on the Mount Rushmore of, of uh, you know, walking dead post-apocalyptic warmongers along with Tasha Yar and Terminus. Like, you know, he's he's just covered in blood and chicken feathers. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the face, the face like that, that's star power right there. I mean, that... Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know about the guy. Yeah, but it's like the... His headquarters, you know, like uh, it's uh, you know, there's post-apocalyptic cannibalism going on, some zombies, mm-hmm. uh, more but then dolls. There's, but then there's there's lots more dolls. I'm thinking of like this is the is this uh, like the cousins' insidious influence? Uh, there's a swamp thing encounter, mm-hmm. which it's like are they playing you know uh, uh, homage to another classic uh, comic book character or or what's what's the deal? Um, but you know, it, it's just all just very brief, in, horrific imagery, um, and presumably they somehow survived the or, or, ordeal to flee to Atlanta. Yeah, and they do so with a guy named Mastodon, which um, 
I, I mean, mean, there's your you know if if Chicken Dan is up there on the 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 monument of uh, villains, then Mastodon has to be up there on the monument of heroes because. Oh yeah, you know the the escape is is nothing short of a miracle, and they end up. Well, he ends up okay. So it gets a little weird here, and I think they're doing more about you know breaking down the core of what Daryl is and what made him uh-huh. that way because they end up on a rooftop bar in Atlanta. Yeah, and then they show the flashback. Well, I don't know if it's a flashback because we might be in a flashback. They might be showing a flash forward to when Merle loses his hand on that rooftop. Sure. And I was just thinking, man, how. You know, what a cruel twist of fate that on the same rooftop, Daryl would both, you know, find his salvation in a man named Mastodon, but also his brother would lose his hand. Yeah, and they're doing like, you know, they revealed a lot of stuff there. Like, uh, apparently, uh, Daryl took a gun to the face when, you know, Merle slapped it out of Glenn's hands way back when. Um, and they're just, you know, like, uh, you got Mastodon there trying to guide him through the spirit quest while, you know... Uh, Merle's talking about reminiscing with shooting each other with BB guns in the woods. And, and, you know, they talk about that time where Merle got handcuffed to the roof. It's just really, um, uh, like, like bizarre dream imagery that they're trying to process. And it, this, this thing with the hand gets a lot weirder in the episode before it's over. I'm oh, going to tell yeah. you, let me tell you, people that watch this know what I'm talking about. Holy moly. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up the weird that's strange editing because there there was a scene that we kind of glossed over to get to a point here, but we need to talk about the scene with Eugene. Yeah. How did we get there? Um, I I feel like, again, this is the shoddy editing that the walking dead can be known for. Did Daryl think that Eugene died last episode and that's why he's in, you know, like, cause this, this Eugene's with it, you know, his hair's fixed up, uh, like a reasonable person. He's, he's dressed. What I would say is approaching stylishly. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but it, the backdrop is, uh, uh, uh Daryl driving a post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, like terror car. Yeah. Like the, and the pace just, car. And you know what this feels like? It, it feels like he's trying to advertise for a new show because there's there's a scene oh in this where he's driving Porsches dead. through the mud. There's yeah. this Talladega pace car scene. Um, yeah. There's a roller skating scene we'll get to here in a bit. And it feels like he's advertising a new show. Like you could call like it's a, a post-apocalyptic racing circuit. Like call yeah. it park with norman reedus right yeah and it's it's bizarre because like he's like you know there's like thousands of bloodthirsty cannibals in the stands and he's just whipping them up into ever uh ever higher pitches of frenzy flipping them the double bird you know and clearly antagonizing this and i'm like oh man how's he going to get out of this because eventually this car is going to run out of fuel uh but he just he just gets out and the next location might be the weirdest one in the episode yeah let's talk about it all right um, this is like classic example of what Aaron and Jim are always complaining about in The Walking Dead. Al, what the fuck are they doing at this rolling rink? Uh, it's it's obviously f- falling apart. There's not many people there, but why is anyone there? Why is anyone hanging out at this dilapidated rolling rink? Uh, it should be yeah. completely abandoned. This is the zombie apocalypse. Uh, they're trying to dance skate. I, I get, I get that you're doing some kind of weird grief processing flashback episode, but like. This this is just embarrassing. A fantasy sequence or no? I just I just I just don't get it. And you've got the the fourth wall break here, which I really love. You know that you've got Daryl 
in this bizarre roller skating scene and a scene that makes no sense contextually in the apocalypse shouting this is bullshit bullshit oh yeah just over and over he you know he realizes the farce that this show has become yeah it's a, it's uh you know he's, he's putting himself in that that uh uh he's realistically putting himself in the situation what would daryl do daryl call bullshit he sure would uh boy the fans are really gonna love that uh you, you did a pitch perfect gym bullshit man oh yeah amazing oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna eat that up is that a that's thing that's like that's oh yeah that's like you know it's like uh jim saying bullshit's right up there they on trying to do uh, his, his bullshit andrew lincoln what is that uh, what does that sound like I, I, he's like, he says, I don't know, he says all weird, like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Rick Grimes, I'm Rick, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Southern Sheriff, that's, a, that's something like that, I can't quite get oh, it. Doesn't sound But you had that good. bullshit nailed, yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, they get out of this roller rink, and you, you already mentioned this, but then they drive these new, I, I guess they're like, uh, prototype scout models, like, I, I think this would be cool, this would be, um, some really cool Outrider stuff for Alexandria, but it just, you know, it's hard to imagine they're going to talk Daryl out of his motorcycles, but he really mm-hmm. likes these buggies, uh, and, and, and they certainly go hard driving the hell out of these things. I think it'd be interesting. You might not need a bridge if you had a, an armada of these things, so I don't know. Maybe, you know, he's going to come back ramp. with, he's going to say, fuck you to the blacksmith. He's going to come back with, uh. Uh, with the Dukes of Hazard plan, yeah, like you said, you're just gonna have trebuchets, and you're gonna have ramps, and you're gonna have souped-up Porsche apocalypse buggies, and you don't need, you don't, you don't need that Constantinople wagon. You can just have uh, hundred mile an hour Porsche jumps, sure. uh, carrying uh, carrying all the goods and 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 services you need. This is when it really started to feel just like an advertisement for a racing show, though, because I, mm. you know, the first time I'll give it to him, the second time, uh. It's it starts to be a little much, and I think you know the Walking Dead is guilty of being a little much sometimes with its metaphors. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's it's either going to be a spinoff show or maybe like it'd be really it'd be so on brand for the Walking Dead to do this kind of crazy stuff just to launch like a mobile game. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, like Daryl's Park, uh, where he just goes and he just tries different vehicles, and you're trying to it's it's uh you know one of those. So you remember like uh, ten years ago that those four by four games were all the rage, where you're trying to mm-hmm. like. You just tilt back and forth and forwards and go. I feel like it might be something disappointing like that. Because, boy, Walking Dead hasn't had a lot of great mobile games. True. All right, so then things get weird. Um, We have a big reunion at a bar named Nick and Norman's in Woodbury. Uh, I I don't know what to say about this. It's a very confusing scene for me because I feel like this is the scene where you'd want to bring it all home and say something about Daryl's current status, but you've got... You still got Merle in the mix, and so he's like haunted by this imagery. But he very much seems to be welcoming it at this point. Has he accepted, you know, who he is, uh, where he actually belongs in the story? You know, I I still took in my kind of like uh, uh, drug binge grief hysteria, uh, and I feel like that you know, just like we saw last week, uh, Rick exploring the world of the dead, where everyone's a dead corpse and he knew everybody. Uh, this is like maybe all the people that they left behind that died in Woodbury. Mm. Um, and, but the thing is, is like, you know, the the Rick's scene um, worked really well because all of those corpses we'd known and gotten to know there are major characters along the way. Yeah. And I'm looking at these sea of faces. I guess this is supposed to be heaven because um, Woodbury's left in flames. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I look around these faces and, I, you know, they just didn't do a very good job in those seasons establishing these side characters. So it just kind of landed flat for me. Uh, 
and we're yeah. still no closer to finding out where Rick is. I don't feel like Daryl's really done a good job processing his grief. You know, uh, I, I got to The Walking Dead late, and so I, I gotta admit something here. Uh, I've never actually seen the Woodbury seasons or the Governor seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw, well, I'm telling so you. I saw that one. I was gonna watch them, but I saw that one image of Andrea crying, and I just yeah. decided I'd rather not bother. Yeah. Like, it, it well, kind of scared I mean, me off the, the show. It was too scary for me. That's defensible, but here's where, like, the mystery of the director comes in, because mm-hmm. uh, this guy uh, comes into this ponytail, Greg Nicotero, and, and did they say I know, his name? no, but I recognize him because I'm that big of a fan. And I'm thinking, wait, wait, has this guy he been must in the have show directed? Before? Well, he's he directed the last episode and he's the guy that's responsible for a lot of the zombie makeup. And he's kind of like, I don't know, maybe he's an egomaniac. I think he's in, he self inserted himself in the character as as God. Like he's oh. as, as, as like what kind of like arrogance and uh, uh, uh creative control run amok is this where and he presents Merle in heaven with his own severed hand as a keepsake it's like oh pretty but, macabre stuff you know for the even for the walking dead's version of heaven that's dark that's and and so this is presumably a Merle that's in Daryl's head right so yeah this is Daryl watching God in heaven present his brother with his own severed hand yeah, he's you know you know he's uh he's uh, he's made whole in in the God's grace I guess but you know God again Nicotero, uh you know and then like you know a lot of these like confusing cuts from location to location oh it's day now it's night classic Nicotero, um huh. and you know just it it would make perfect sense that he would direct a twofer and preside over this just very messy flawed episode of The Walking why Dead. Why is why is this character called Nick? Does he smoke a lot? Nicotero. No, that's his real name. I don't know what his character. I mean, I think he's cre- he might be credited as God or Yahweh, but that's his like his actual real. You know, look him up an IMDb name, Greg hmm. Nicotero. I was just calling him the guy with the ponytail. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, he probably should have stuck with that. As soon as he got behind the camera, it's uh, whew, kind of you know we all loved him as a zombie man, but now he's the zombie man that can't tell day from night and sunny from rainy. So and uh, real and imaginary uh versus versus solid and grounded it's 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 crazy crazy it's weird it was a weird episode of the walking dead it, you know it almost felt like a, an episode from a different show frankly it really did it's just all over the place with the design um but you know at the end glimmer of hope we're set for smoother sailing next week because daryl says something really profound about you know where you live is not where you call home. Home mm. is where you find comfort and familiarity and acceptance and understanding. And I'm thinking maybe all this crazy shit going back through all his old stomping grounds, trying to find his 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 dead brother, trying to find his dead adoptive brother. Maybe this is an epiphany he's had about being a leader and responsibility to the community. And he's going to go back to Alexandria, kind of reinvigorated, reinvested, uh, roaring up to the the front gates with his his motorcycle, and he's gonna like step into that leadership role that's always been there for him, and he's needed more than ever now that uh, Rick's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Um. But that's my hope. That's my hope that we're it's gonna be one of those weird, you know, like you had that that. Uh, well, you didn't because you didn't watch the, the the Woodbury arc, but they had this weird three part prequel with the governor out of nowhere too. I mean, The Walking Dead does hmm. this sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like a bad season. I'm glad I skipped it. And then just the same, like, you know, there's the Morgan with his uh, yoga practicing monk goat cheese making guy. Like, sometimes they just have a weird episode involving a central character and you just kind of got to roll with it. And I think 
Yeah, I think I think we rolled with it as best we could. We literally rolled with the roller roller rink with it. So yeah. you know, like yeah, no no one can say we didn't try. But I just uh, some of the metaphor and imagery is just just beyond me here, and maybe even beyond the showrunners themselves. Yeah, so I think that'll that'll do it for this week. Uh, and I guess for our stint on Watching Dead, thanks very much again to Jim and Aaron for allowing oh, us yeah. this opportunity. Uh, we if you have ever ever want to go on vacation again, like we're 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 ready. Uh, you know, we oh, try yeah. to keep current on all the shows. Um, you know, do you need us to pinch it for uh, Westworld? Westworld? Yeah, Fargo. I mean, you know, Fargo's got some crazy imagery too. It usually makes sense at the at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, we're we're we're, we're really thrilled to have this opportunity to be on the Bald Move Network. It's uh, it's just really amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, so I haven't watched the first two seasons of Westworld. I did watch the third, so yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. Well, I mean, maybe that's what the, that show needs—a a set of fresh eyes. Yeah, uh, ready to just you know see see if you can just step into that world. I mean, boy, it, it, it's it'd be hard to imagine a more hairpin U-turn than this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think you, not having this, uh, so much of it was to look very mythos. I think I thought you did real good there, Al. Thanks. Way, way, way to stretch yourself. I appreciate it. You, you too, Joe. You did a hell of a job on this podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you all think the same. Uh, put in some good work with us with uh, Jim and Aaron, and uh, I'm really hoping that we can be back real soon. <laughs>